welcome to Running With Problems. I'm John Eisen. And I'm Miranda Williamson. Running With Problems is a podcast about the challenges we face as runners, from navigating our bodies, dealing with social dynamics, and facing personal trauma. Miranda, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I, everyone knows that uh, it's taken a while Yep. to get back, but we are excited about this pod. It's just Miranda and I. Uh, we talk about our 2023 recap, 2024 race goals, and we have a long discussion about mental toughness. That was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. So I think you all will enjoy it too. Yeah, and then we finish up with a little bit of an update or non-update on UTMB <laughs> and the saga of the drama that continues. Uh, well, I hope everyone enjoys this episode. We're going to keep this intro pretty short. Uh, if you like this episode, give us a rating and a review on the podcast platform of your choice. And if you have any feedback for us, hit us up at, at Running With Problems on Instagram. Yep, you can still send us your questions, problems, concerns. We want to hear them. Yeah. And with that, here you go. Here's Running With Problems on Mental Toughness 2023 and UTMB. Let's go. Yes, finally. We had a bit of a hiatus, a little bit more than I think we had bargained for, planned for, told you all that we were going to have. Yeah, I think last time we were on the air, it was late November 2023, and now it is almost the end of January 2024, so we've had two months off. Yeah, we needed a break, so we had planned for December off. Yeah, and I always do a coding challenge called Advent of Code in December, and that always takes a lot of effort, and so it was good to take a break from the pod for yeah. December, but then things kept happening in January that just one thing after another. Yeah, we kicked it off with getting sick. Yeah, well, there was there was like a slight injury concern, then there was the High Lonesome Lottery Party, and then there was the sick, and then there was the family drama, and then there was the travel, and then... Now we're here. <laughs> but we're back and we're committed to this podcast and to our loyal listeners. Thank you for waiting and being patient. Yeah, we are excited about 2024 and this season of podcasting. Um, we've talked yeah. a lot about some great guests that we we want on. And yeah, we're pretty excited to get uh, to have some great content and explore more Running with problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are. I think we're going to um, really lean into our theme, running with problems in 2024. We we have some folks to talk about um, addiction and running. Some parenting, uh, aging with running. Yeah. Uh, women in running and yeah. ultra running in particular. Yeah, I think that's a super big subject to dive into. Really want to have a bit better, like, female-male balance on the pod. Yep, we're going to be very intentional about the types of guests that we bring in. We've mapped it out, mapped out some important themes to us, and we're really excited to bring it to you. We'll also be branching out a bit, maybe, trying to get get some road runners on. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds insane. Maybe we should just stick to ultra runners. But, uh, yeah, we're pretty excited 
uh, and we're going to try and create some good podcasting for y'all. We're going to try and stick to a every two-week schedule, but it's going to be a little hard to kick off initially, but we'll do our best and we'll always be transparent. Yeah. But for today, we thought we'd um, catch you up with a 2023 recap. Yeah, a bit of a recap with, uh, you know, how we felt 2023 went, went for our own running and our own development, uh, some themes, some things that we learned, and then also, you know, maybe a little recap of the pod, like what were your favorite episodes? I think that'd be fun. Yeah. And then we'll close the episode today with some good uh, content, like some updates on the, the UTMB saga and a couple articles to cover. So it's pretty exciting. Let's get started. Miranda, how was your 2023? Right. So 2023 was, I would say, a pretty rocking year for me in running, despite getting an injury. John. <laughs> Sorry for me cracking a beer. You just opened an NA beer. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, probably one of my best running years yet. Oh, yeah. You were on fire in 2023. I was. I kicked, John reminded me that the year kicked off with Avalon 50K, which I placed in my age group. And you finished before anybody was ready for finishers, <laughs> at least in our group, right? Obviously, there, you know, the winners had finished, but like yeah. nobody expected anybody in our group to have finished. No. And I finished. I'm like, where are my people? No one's around. I guess I'll go shower. I went and showered and then came back. And then people were like, you, what? You finished? <laughs> yeah, I did really, really well at that race. Um, and then I won Ring the Springs. 50K, that was 50K. Um, that was awesome. You navigated all the course marking things that happened in that race. You did so yeah. well there. And you stayed positive. Yeah. Um, and then Rocky's Backyard Ultra was just an incredible um, experience of digging deep and finding some mental toughness I didn't even know was there. And Your we'll... second longest race ever. Yeah, yeah, 41 miles. And um, I'm really, really proud of that one. But um, more than, like, the races, I had um, – I ran with some great girls – that I've really been finding a lot of joy with, mm, and yeah. I did some monster mountain runs. Oh, you did. You were you were taking full advantage of summer alpine season, which, by the yeah. way, is the golden season. It is the best season in Colorado. It's called summer alpine season, and it means the high mountains are open for running with a hydration pack and some shorts. Oh, my gosh. And it's just phenomenal. You have to bring... Um, your water filter for some of these runs because you're just out there for so long. Maybe you're climbing two or three mountain passes during a during a run. You're running at altitude. Ugh, it just I can't even explain how proud I am of my performance out there in the mountains. Any big runs of note? Pawnee Buchanan was uh, my favorite. Oh, it's such a classic loop of Boulder County. Yeah, it was like a 28-mile loop where you climb two mountain passes. You it's, it's kind of a third. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, a, it's not a pass. It's a shoulder yeah, of a mountain. Yeah. It's but there's three barely climbs. counts. <laughs> yeah, you think it barely counts until it's the only thing left in that route, and you're like, oh, my God, this is taking a while. 
It's just stunning views. Um, we climbed it counterclockwise, so the final one was like a kind of a rock scramble to the peak. Mm-hmm. Beautiful wildflowers. <sighs> I mean, and I was just so proud of my performance because you kind of ha- you think you're finished, but you still have like a five mile run into mm-hmm. into your car. Yeah, you kind of at a, a gradual uphill. You pass a lake called Long Lake mm-hmm. and spoilers for everyone who hasn't been to Long Lake. It's very long. <laughs> yes. It's like over a mile long. Like you hit the lake and most alpine lakes in Colorado, you pat you see them and then you pass them. Not Long Lake. It's there for a while. Yeah. But I mean yes, the physicality of all these experiences I'm I'm really proud of. But what I am most proud of is how I stayed so mentally present and overcame some mental lows um, and had such a positive attitude and found so much joy in my running this year. You really did. It was great to watch. Like you, you just loved getting out with the girls or with the breakfast club or whoever and just just running, being out in the mountains, and you had this, like, beautiful focus that's hard to replicate. You know, I remember years that I've had that, and uh, it was just really fun to watch, just somebody who loved running and was running well without, like, needing to show everyone they're good or needing to show themselves they're good, just enjoying the act. It's yeah. kind of that apex that we all look for, that emotional state where running is just this beautiful act that you can just do and be recharged by at the same time. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty phenomenal year. Um, I, I look forward to having other years like that for sure. And then in my personal life, I got a promotion at work. Congratulations. Thank you. I think I mentioned it on the pod before. Um, It was unexpected because I've only been with my company, um, Seed Spot, for a year. Uh, But definitely welcome because I I really believe in this organization. We're doing good work, work to support social entrepreneurs building their businesses and why don't you take a moment and tell the people about c-spot <laughs> i just did right yeah I guess so. uh, yeah well we work with underrepresented um founders of businesses we help get them the education the mentorship and the guidance that they need to help build their businesses and um, my job is to go and find the entrepreneurs that we work with and um thus far I've really been able to meet some incredible people, help guide some incredible entrepreneurs to the resources that they need. And our, our team is amazing and cares about the entrepreneurs as much as I do. So um, it's a good place. It's a good place to work and see the, um, the values that we teach our entrepreneurs about reflected internally in the organization, which I think is something I've noticed is rather rare in the impact space. That's awesome. Yeah. What? Well, that's me. Did I miss anything? Mm, not that I think of, but if I think of it, I'll call it out later. Uh, the only other thing I think I did miss is Summit. I, did, I didn't give a Summit update. Oh, yeah. How was Summit? <laughs> Summit has had a great year as well. He really has. He's been running with us more. Well, now that it's cold. 
Mm-hmm. It's harder for him in the summer. It's harder for him in the summer, and um, he had a like a year long injury that it really took him a while to come back from. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. It was a couple years ago, but it lasted a year, and then his comeback from it was slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he's he, full strength. He's now. full strength, and he's been running. Um, once or twice a week at five miles. And then, of course, he goes on several mile a day walks. And he's just thriving. Yeah, he really enjoys it. I mean, I really, I was asked the other day, uh, another of our friends with a dog, why we don't take Summit on longer runs. (laughs) And I responded with, like, Summit's good at five miles. Like, we're happy with Summit at five miles. He's not exactly, like, the best best running partner you know it doesn't it's very enjoyable to run with him and see him enjoying running uh yeah. but he can be a bit of an annoyance on <laughs> so like that that would be why we don't take him on our sort of longer t- 10 15 20 mile well, runs no no that's not i mean he can't do it like he physically is a big so. dog and his physical body can't do it I, my original vision for him was that he would be able to come on those runs with us. I and guess so. He was a rescue, and so I didn't know what he was and what his bone structure was going to be, and he is just... You think he can't? He cannot. <laughs> <laughs> I think his heart can. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the mental toughness. Oh, Again, he definitely another, wants it. another theme we're going to He wants about. it. He wants it. His, his big old body, not so much. He's a bit clumsy. He needs protection from himself. I think so. He certainly can't handle the heat. When the heat comes, he's down to three, four miles. Tops. Yep. It's And uh, he's got to take several water breaks. Yeah. Luckily, so in the spring when it's hot, he can do a bit because there's more water out. But when in the late, when you get into early fall or late summer, it's even worse. You can't because there's no water and it's hot. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But because we don't have a guest today, he's not going to interrupt us. How was your 2023? Well, my 2023. Let me pull up my year in review that I wrote. Ooh, John's a little more organized than I was. Yeah. Well, I wrote a blog. I keep a blog, johneisen.me. You'll find it in the show notes. Of course. And uh, I was able to write my 2023 year in review. And in general, like I ran less than 2022. I think 2022 was my best year of cure running. Last year, I got injured for like four months and was really, really keeping the running to a minimum. So, you know, my totals are about 500 miles, 100 hours, and 100,000 vertical feet less than 2022. But I, and my, and my PRs, I didn't PR as much. 2022 had a lot of PRing. So I think from a numbers perspective, 2023 is not as good as 2022. But from a mental perspective, I really appreciate I appreciate 2023. I mean, 2022 was about me building to Barkley, and yeah. 2023 was about getting to Barkley, and then who knows what after, right? I didn't know if I was going to take six months off and be totally burnt out. And I'm really happy that I wasn't. So uh, I'm happy that running still was a part of my life and I was still encouraged by running very shortly after, uh, I think six weeks after Barkley, I decided to run Niwots, which was so much fun. I love Niwots. 
and I, I did pretty well there. And then, and then we ran Ring the Springs, and I had my best 100-mile performance ever, just yeah. basically riding the fitness from the Barkley cycle. And then I got injured. Yeah. And everything since June has been a build back to my status as an everyday runner or a near everyday runner. And uh, finally in November, I was able to start training again with a coach. And that was, that's been very good. Uh, shout out to my coach, Mark Marzen with Golden Endurance. Highly recommend. Also going to be in the show notes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Always good. Love a show notes question. So, yeah, I mean, it's not an all good year. I think we just have to recognize that. Yeah. There's some very good things. I got to the event I was trying to get to as like a life goal. And then I didn't get totally burnt out. Very happy about that. Yeah. And I kept running in my life. And then I had a full injury recovery and build back cycle that has lasted a long time. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it's some good, some bad. I had a PR, 50-mile PR, 100-mile PR, a NIWATS PR, and a 5K in Colorado PR, which is not as yeah. good as my 5K at sea level PR. <laughs> so some good PRs, especially in the long distances, right? And, so, and I really got to see what just pure training does to, I mean, I saw that somewhat two years ago, but last year as well, just like what being trained does. So I'm really looking forward to being fully trained again and being that fit again and seeing what I can do this year. Watching John train for Barkley with his, his singular focus and intensity and just determination to get to that goal as fit as he could be was truly inspiring. It's, I think it's inspired me to pursue my next big goal. We'll keep that one on we'll the We'll keep that way. one on the DL right now. But um, it, pretty, it was pretty incredible. I was so proud of him and proud to be a, like, a part of it in a way. You were an integral part. <laughs> I didn't do the work, but I, I helped make space so he didn't have to worry about anything but the work. Yeah. And I think when I, when I think about that cycle and I think about that time in my life, I'm really proud of what I put together Yeah. as far as building my body toward a singular goal. But when I think about the future, building back from this injury, coming into 2024, mm -hmm. sort of skipping to 2024 goals here, but I think it's, it's relevant. Yeah. I think the word for me is balance. It's how can I train well without having a singular focus? How can I bring running into my life to be that athlete that I want to be yeah. while also doing work, helping around the house, being a part of this family in a whole way, not a inspiring but <laughs> sort of uh, latched on way, a reliant, dependent way is the word I guess I'm looking for. So, yeah, balance is what I'm seeking as we move into the future. And I think 2023, for me, if I had to put it into a word, a year of transition. You know, I got to my goal. I had a come down, uh, some, some good events, but then uh, an injury and then built back. So definitely some transition there. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I got to call out some really fun things that happen, but I think what I really like to talk about is like how awesome it's been to start this podcast. Yeah, let's talk about the year in recap for the pod. Yeah, I I mean, we had such... We, we, we went through some phases, right? Anybody who's listened to all of our episodes knows that our earliest work was uh, much more focused on relationships and advice. advice. And we've morphed it somewhere around the eight, nine episode mark to be taught to be what it is now, talking about the problems that we experience as runners, which I love that phrase. I think you came up with that phrase. Uh, but one of the reasons yeah. I love it, and I've probably talked about this on the pod before, but just like that we are running with problems. We are not running against away from, from or away from our yeah. problems. We are running with them because they are here to stay. And it, it's part of this acceptance, right? And so I really loved our interviews and our, the development of our interview style. I mean, yeah. I thought Dave Mackey for me was just like one of our best interviews. Courtney right. Boyle's interview Courtney was so, so emotionally connecting and her story is so powerful I really enjoyed yeah. our first episode where it was just us that we really like hit it off that exercise addiction episode oh yeah or exercise uh not addiction what was the word uh dependency, dependency yeah dependency yeah. yeah if you guys want to hear some good Miranda Miranda John banter the exercise dependency episode was very good yeah so we hit our stride with our personal podcast we we want to continue that focused less on like race full race recaps but more on like what maybe what we may have mentally gained or learned from that race experience yeah and we want to bring in more guests like Courtney and Dave that we don't know and we're we're just getting to know them on the pod you're hearing real time us having a conversation with an interesting person uh, I think it's really exciting yeah so the other year in review thing for me that I like to talk about is it's my first year as, a, as a, having a brand relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, it's been very conflicting. Like, I don't know how much that, like, this might affect the way people see me, especially online, and what kind of, uh, you know, how can I stay authentic while also representing a brand, a brand that I really genuinely like. I love, mm-hmm. by the way, the brand is Speedland. Uh, they are a boutique shoe. I went for a run in them today. Oh, they're excellent shoes. Uh, a little expensive, but definitely doing super innovative things in the shoe space. And being very, they're very pretty and they have a lot of great things about them. But this is not a Speedland commercial. <laughs> this is just more about me recognizing that. Speedland, if you want to pay us for some commercials, we're open yeah. to it. Well, <laughs> are we? Are we? Are we, are we going to sell out the pot as well? I mean, this is a big question. This, this is a question and I think we keep landing on maybe local brands and brands we believe in we would allow to like sponsor the pod if you have thoughts on whether we should sell out the pod let (laughs) us know right now I mean I will say oh another thing I learned in 2023 how to make a podcast yes so I've done all the tech work myself without paying any podcast service uh (laughs) So uh, I've learned, I don't even have download numbers for our podcast. I just enabled them. So this podcast, I believe we will be able to measure how many people download it. Yeah, we have had minimal um, metrics to track whether (laughs) folks are listening to us. Been pretty lazy about it. But I mean, I also feel like I've enjoyed making the podcast just in and of itself. 
I really have. It's been um, a huge reminder for me. Um, I think I've mentioned before I have a master's degree in conflict resolution, which gives me like some education in, in certain communication skills. But I think I had gotten a little lazy in my active listening skills in my normal life. And this has been a such a good reminder of how powerful it is to sit here and listen to someone. I really believe like a couple people we haven't known who've come to our home and recorded with us, they've left and become our friends. Yeah. Because, because when you have listened. that when you have that conversation, that active listening, yeah. you're staring at a person and trying to hear what they're saying and respond to them with some other interesting statement to develop the conversation. Like that's what, that's a friendly conversation, right? Yeah. And you just develop this connection with this person and now you're friends. Yeah. And that is a really valuable reminder in life. I mean, consider just Dave Mackey, right? Like if you had had a conversation with him on one of our local trails where you see him out running and you're running with your dog and you say hi, right? Are, are you going to have that deep conversation? Are you going to learn about his life and his feelings on his injury and moving forward? No, you're just probably going to say hi. No, because, because in that environment, you might feel very uncomfortable to ask him about personal deep questions about his mm-hmm. feelings related to the amputation and loss of his leg. But he came into our living room with the expectation that we were going to ask those questions. So it created a space where we could just ask the deepest questions that we had on our mind. Yeah, when I think about the how the podcast cast is going to go forward, I mean, I want to continue with this trying to learn about people, trying to learn about people's problems and how they deal with them. Yeah. And how, they, can, and how they continue running. Yes, and how they continue running. And just being curious and inspired mm-hmm. in those conversations. Awesome. Yeah, and just to close up my 2023 recap, which has been all over the place, <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about my involvement with High Lonesome and how that has grown. I really, really, yeah. <laughs> anybody who's listened to this podcast maybe just once knows that I love High Lonesome. Definitely my favorite race. And uh, this year, 2024, I will have the opportunity to run the race, which is so exciting for me. Yeah, let's celebrate. And this will be my second time running. I ran once in 2018. And I still have to do all the communications director work, right? I'm still going to do all the prep work, all the, I'm going to have enhanced training materials. Uh, If you, are looking for volunteer hours at High Lonesome, which gives you better odds of getting in the lottery. Uh, please come out and volunteer, especially for the comms team. I'm going to record a great video to train them, and I'm really excited for doing that comms work for, for High Lonesome and then running the race and seeing all the comms volunteers out there during the race. I'm just super excited for that. I'll be out there volunteering with a group of my girlfriends. We'll be volunteering at Blank's. Yeah, Blank's Cabin, mm-hmm. mile 85. Yeah, we wanted to see the carnage, as Mac put it. Mile 85, when in my first running, I uh, pretty good story. I got there. This was post-breakdown. So, I mean, first 100, everyone has a breakdown, I'm pretty sure. So this was after, like, I had my moment where I was crying and sitting on the trail and being like, I just want to go to sleep. Uh, 
and I finally get my ass into blanks. And I'm at this point, I'm determined to finish, but it's not going to be fast. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to like hike it in. Everything hurts. I can barely move, but I will continue going. And I'm just eating, and I'm just trying to get food down, but everything's going slowly. Like, I'm sort of delirious, and I'm just eating. It's not like the worst state. It's not like crazy bad, but it's just slow, mm-hmm. right? And Emily, uh, Sherpa's uh, now wife, uh, she's the aid station captain. What is her last name? Emily. Royal. Emily Royal, yes, who's a great friend of ours. She's awesome. She was running the yeah. aid station at Blanks that year. And uh, she walks up to me and she's like, you just, you got to get out of here. And I was like, I've only been here for five minutes. And I was like, she's like, nah, that's not true. <laughs> you got to get, get your ass up and get out of here. Uh, uh, I, was like, I was like, no, no, I'm just, I'm still eating. And she's like, take it with you. Go. Good for Emily. <laughs> and I felt so, I felt a little anger at her. I was like, I'm, I, you know, I, I just need to eat. But then I got my butt up and I walked out of that aid station. I took some, um, took some quesadilla to go that was still in my pocket. If you look at my finisher photos very closely, there's still cheese quesadilla <laughs> sitting there from Gross. Blank's cabin. Uh, and after the, after the race, I went up to Emily and I thanked her for kicking me out of blanks. So take that as when you are uh, when you're volunteering there and you see somebody that needs to be kicked out, sometimes a bit of tough love works. Ooh, I'm not good at that. <laughs> Get Mac to do it. Yeah, Mac can do it. I bet she'd be good at that. Yeah, and I guess, uh, yeah. So that's very exciting. Um, the other big race, I'm, I'm also doing a second race this year, San Diego 100 miler. That's yeah, very exciting. that is exciting. So it'll be 200s this year. First year with two 100 milers. Mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, the High Lonesome Lottery Party. I just have to say, so I was on okay. the live stream, which was very exciting for me. It was my first time doing commentary. That was yeah. fun. I wonder if anybody who's listening caught the commentary. I hope so. It was really fun. Yeah, I was like, we had some people, we had some guests, so we did like a live interview, and I hope uh, I hope we get some more opportunity to do things like that. I enjoy, uh, you know, as a professional podcaster, <laughs> I also enjoy live commentary, live stream commentary. So, so. I have to tell our audience, um, John was so nervous for our first pod. Oh, all the way back. All the way back at our first pod yeah. with Nathan. And now he's like a pro at it. So practice really does help. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah, I think on, when we were doing that live stream, it was, I had no problem taking control of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, either as a host or a color commentary. And it really was from getting more natural and more comfortable from doing this pod. I definitely think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, having a microphone or a camera in front of you can be nerve-wracking and daunting mm-hmm. for sure but getting the positive feedback we have so I just have to thank our listeners yes oh my gosh so many of you have come up to me in real life and um said positive things about the episodes you've listened to and it ranges from people saying oh my gosh your winter running pod has really helped me and transformed I hope my that winter helps running. somebody I has I mean I got the feedback and um, that one to like 
people saying that they cried during the Courtney Boyle oh, running yeah. um, through grief that episode. That was a sad episode. But it was so powerful. Uh, yeah, I think important and valuable for anyone who's experienced grief. They'll know exactly what, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, so the feedback has ranged. Yeah. And really been pretty wonderful. I mean, I love recording the episodes. We, we already talked about that. But getting that feedback from y'all is so important just to, you know, I don't know, it's helpful to, yeah. to make sure we're, do, we're, we're being positive in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And we want to continue to be positive. Don't want to bring negativity to, into the... There's, there's enough negativity in the universe. <laughs> just watch news anywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, that's 2023 and 2024. Uh, do you want to get into our topics of the day? Yes. You want to talk about mental toughness. Yes, I want to talk about mental toughness because I think that um, for me, that is something I kind of felt like I cracked a code or like broke mm. through a barrier in 2023. And I felt, felt like you did as well through Ring the Springs. Mm, yeah, I did have, I have my lesson. All right, I came up with it. Do you okay. want to go first? I'd like to describe this article that inspired the topic first. Okay, let's go. And then um, we can um, expand upon it. Yeah. So um, this article is, is Running and the Science of Mental Toughness, and it was published in 2022. Um, some of the studies it references were conducted in 2020. So they took... 10 runners um, and basically had them log their thoughts during their long runs. And then they filtered through those thoughts to try to find themes. Okay. Then there were a couple other studies that they referenced where they did, um, okay, they did a couple people where they would have a control group where they would watch like a documentary and then they would do an athletic endeavor to see how they perform during that. And then the other group did a really challenging test where their mental capacity was drained and then they did an athletic endeavor. Huh. Okay. And they wanted to see if that the men being mentally fatigued impacted someone's training and it, it did. They found that, yes, being mentally drained was impacting their running. Negatively. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Meaning shorter runs or or the yeah. feelings of the running were like, it was harder. It was this, um, their perception of the run. Their perception, okay. Yeah. Was, so like, it was more difficult. I want to quit more. Ugh, towards the end, it gets more tiring and harder to keep my pace, like, that type of experience. I see, I see. Very interesting. Very interesting. These were both small groups, so I don't want to like make this article seem like it's it's all encompassing. I mean, almost and all running uh, studies are, are going yeah. to be tiny groups. I These mean, there's like just ten. not there's just not a lot of money to study running. And I there. will also add heavily skewed towards men, uh, <laughs> male runners. <laughs> We don't need to talk about that. Yeah, we won't go into that one. We'll go into that one later on, a later episode. <laughs> but um, what they concluded was basically first that you needed to train yourself to have mental toughness by 
creating situations where you're mentally drained and go on a run. Like mm. Maybe you wake up at 4 a.m. to go on a run because being sleep deprived is definitely a way to build mental toughness. The other conclusion was if you have a really hard day of work that you should go on a run because that also builds oh, that so experience hard. of mental toughness. Um, and then they said, this was a good uh, tip, before a big event or a race, you should um, intentionally create a stress-free, low, mentally drained situation for yourself. This also is hard. <laughs> That's also hard. Yes, before, you, before a large event, yeah, which may or may not determine some aspect of your life, if you're an elite runner, please create a low-stress environment. Yeah. Sure. Wait, uh, while you're traveling uh-huh, and, uh-huh. and staying somewhere not home and, yeah. and eating out and all that. So I, you know, this was to me like um, a good article to like touch on the importance of mental toughness, which I think we both agree is very valuable in ultra running. And I'd love to hear what you do to build your mental toughness mm-hmm. or what you have done to build your mental toughness. Well, this is interesting. Let me first try and summarize what you learned from the article. Because I haven't read the article. Mm -hmm. You have. So the article is essentially saying that it is more, that running is more difficult if you are mentally strained. Yes. And that that act supposedly builds mental toughness. And in order to have the most mental toughness, you need a stress-free environment. Well, one that you can, one was you can build mental toughness. And then yes, two was that you should, um, if you have a big event, so first you should build mental toughness leading up to a big event. So, okay. so, so that you when, are, you are most mentally yeah. tough with low stress, Yep. but building men, but mental toughness is something you can train. Yes. And that training should do things just like any other training should push on times when it's hard. Yes. That can be done through uh, having uh, being mentally strained and then doing something hard. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Very so interesting. That's the article. I, I found it interesting because I and do this like... A, and this has a semi-scientific basis. Yes, which I like. I'm always like... I like it when it's not just someone random person's opinion. I like it when there's like some sort of research, even if it's little studies with... 10 men. I don't, <laughs> I, I like, I like to hear about it. It's very interesting. Okay. So your question to me is how do I build mental toughness? Yeah. Because what I did think the article did lack was strategies. It just had the two examples. This is a good topic. Yeah. How do I build mental toughness? I would say that I, I, I do uh, go on runs when it's hard. Um, yeah. I think Anybody who goes running consistently or mm-hmm. does any athletic endeavor consistently will go on to the, those athletic endeavors in hard times. Yeah. Because when you have a busy schedule and well, life can be just busy, you know, inevitably some of those runs are going to be easy mm-hmm. and amazing. And some of those runs are going to be super hard, right? Like yeah. recently I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts for work. And I had back-to-back-to-back-to-back meetings. I was basically talking with people about work from like 9 to 7 p.m. And so I had those two hours, three hours before 9 a.m. 
when I could get my running, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> so you even I, had like dinners and lunches with people. I, everything. It was. Yeah. It was full. It was good. I mean, it was very productive, but it was uh, straining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I ne- so I had to go running during those times, and. I think just that regular cadence of you run when it's hard and you run when it's easy is will inevitably help you build stress or build build uh, toughness, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, what else? You know, tra- I also train a lot during the winter. I think this builds a lot of yes. mental toughness. I agree with you. Training during the winter can be very hard. Well, I mean, it's just, it's variable. Here in Boulder, we have beautiful weather one day and terrible weather the next, right? It's just super variable. And that means your training is one day great and one day bad, right? Uh, like, yeah. I mean, I tell the story about the, the worst training day from my last winter training cycle. It was this day I had hill repeats on the schedule. And it was snowing and 10 degrees and it was windy. And so it was just blowing snow into your face Every, but it was kind of wet on the ground because it was recently warm. And so everything was just slush and slippery. There was no way I could climb a trail. All the trails were just flooded with snow and uh-huh. I would just be slipping and sliding the whole time. And so I started, I was running the NCAR road, which is just a, it's like a, it's a road that uh, climbs about 600 feet. And I was just running it uh, in, on the shoulder in 10 degrees of blowing snow this was after we went out. Uh, we yeah. we went out as a group, and we went out for about ninety minutes, and we only did like four miles. It was super. It was so snowy. It was, it was all we so could snowy. do. It was it was like <laughs> it was really bad out that day, and everyone and then we everyone went home, and everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm glad we got our run done." But wow, it's bad out. Yeah. And then we got home, and I went upstairs and I changed my clothes into different clothes because everything was soaked, and then I went back out there and did this workout. And, and there was no part of me that envied him in that moment. Th- it was so bad that when I got home, I never, I didn't speak to you for like six hours. Yeah. He was, which is not normal. No, no. He came in. I said, hi, how are you doing? And he didn't say a word. <laughs> yeah. And I think times like those where you're just, I mean, that's just my normal workout, right? Like yeah. it was on my schedule. My coach had told me to do it. And therefore, I was going to do it. And I think that kind of consistency, regardless of the weather, that builds toughness. Yeah. Because none of my races were as bad as that run. <laughs> what other strategies do you have? Um, well, I learned one this year. Mm-hmm. And that was um, that I could borrow your mental toughness. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're talking about uh, big, the backyard. Yeah, the backyard where I was on loop eight and didn't want to go back out there. No, you didn't. You told me, I think you looked at me. This is after I waddled in at like 56 minutes or whatever. No, I had run fast on loop eight, so it was 53 minutes. Yeah. So I I had like two minutes to scarf down some food, Yeah. get my ass up. And you looked at me and said, I don't know if I can go again. Yeah, and it was, it was purely mental purely but you had been finishing each of these loops at around 50 minutes yeah, and I hadn't slowed down at that point at, and I had slowed all. down for six loops <laughs> I was barely finishing each of these loops and yeah I looked at you and I said you're gonna have to run a lot slower if you want to quit <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. The, the other phrase that I've come up with from that one moment is that there's a lot of good reasons to quit, but because it's hard is not one of them. Yeah. Because- I mean, and I was able in that moment to like really borrow your strength because you were suffering way more than me. Yeah. But I you was, were, was not there was no reason you were not going to quit. There was you no were- reason to quit. I could still go on. Yeah. I had a goal. We, our goal was to get to 10. Yeah. We discussed that. And, you know, initially my goal was to do 24, but that was very clearly not going to happen for me very early. Yeah. So I ratcheted down that goal, but I didn't take it all the way down to whenever or I can quit now. Yeah. I still put it at something hard, which was 10. Yeah. And it was hard for me from loop three. I mean, we have a whole recap episode if you guys want to go listen. But I think the point is, is that in that moment when you had hit your limit, you looked at me and you saw this guy who was like having a harder time than you. Yeah. And was still going to get back up. Yes, exactly. And I was like, what? I can't, like, this, I can't be the person that quits because well, you're so strong mentally. And so I borrowed that strength in that moment. And um, maybe it was similar to like Emily kicking you out of the aid station. Yeah. Is someone else? externally is able to motivate you. Yeah. I, uh, we were, when we were running Avalon all the way back a year ago, Yeah, I was talking with a guy who was running his first ultra. And I remember telling him some people who are going to finish in front of you aren't going to work as hard as you. And yeah. some people who are finishing behind you are working way harder than you. Just to understand that, like, placement or is, is, like, not correlated with how hard you are working. And speed is not correlated with how hard you are working. And so when you are at that moment where it is hard for you, you can look around and take solace in knowing maybe it's as harder for him and he's still going or she's still going or they, they are still going. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think I – think relying on others in those moments is really helpful. And so that's a great strategy. I think that my big moment last year of mental toughness came, as you said, in the ring, the springs Uh race, but it was not about like a, I don't know. It's not about being tough. It was about confidence. Yeah. And, and belief. I believed that my body could complete that race in the time that I wanted. Uh-huh. I was confident, which is not something I've always had. Um, you know, I kind of get in the sport through trying to prove that I can do it, right? Yeah. And less about knowing I can do it. This is one of those times where I was like, no, I, I've, done, I've done 100 miles before. I've done races harder than this. I'm in a good fitness shape. I believe that I can do this. And when I hit my first rough patch going, you know, we also have a recap episode of this race back up if you guys want to listen. But when I hit that rough patch around mile 20, where I, I mean, very early, mm-hmm. not, you don't want to be walking an easy road descent at mile 20 of a hundred miler. Ooh, no. no, you don't want to be walking. I mean, people were passing me and asking, are you okay? Because it's so odd to see somebody walking at that point in the race. 
but I knew that I would be okay. Yeah. I knew that this moment of difficulty would pass and that I would recover. And all I had to do was just believe that it would pass and keep moving. And so I guess from a mental toughness perspective, the tools I used were a belief in myself yep. and an understanding that if I keep moving, eventually this too shall pass. And, you know, and I and eating, moving and eating, the two things you do in ultras. <laughs> so if I just keep doing that, even if it's not as fast as I want, I will eventually feel better. And I did. And, and everything else is gravy. So that, uh, that's what I would say would be the skill that I learned is just this, this belief in myself and belief that low points pass. Yeah, I think that's really valuable. Great. Yeah. Any other comments on mental toughness and how the, do you plan to build mental toughness? Yeah. So I had a really rough run yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, well the first like nine miles of it were great. And then because it was so muddy, um, we decided to finish out the run on the bike path, which I began to hate life really bad. I was running with two girls who were training to PR a marathon, um, a trail marathon, and they had like some tempo run. And so I'm trying to stay with them for their tempo run. I really shouldn't have done that. And it really drained my mental energy. And so I had turned and was running back to our cars. And I had like the worst three mile run back to the cars. It was like never ending. Um, And I just felt so disappointed that I didn't finish the run. I mean, I cut it three miles short. It was a 20 mile run. I did 17 And I felt so bad that I had such a rough three miles that today getting back out there and running was very important to me because I felt like I didn't want to remain with that, um, that like feeling of failure in my head. I think that you did that, but you also used another skill that you just sort of brought up in my mind Mm -hmm. of this building mental toughness that I don't think is talked about a lot. And that is you didn't put pressure on this run today. You intentionally were like, it might be a slow walk jog, whatever happens, but I'm going to get out and running. I'm going to take the dog. Summit loved it. (laughs) So this is a skill I don't think is talked about a lot. People talk about building mental toughness. People talk about being mentally tough. But part, for for me at least, part of being mentally tough means being not mentally tough sometimes. Sometimes I don't follow, I I don't subscribe to the David Goggins way of being that you have to be an alpha male and super tough all the time. No. I believe that taking, like, quitting and being soft on yourself, not being tough in, in moments is totally fine. And that helps you keep that reserve of toughness to use when you really need it. When you're out there at your event and you really need to dig deep. When I was out there at Ring the Springs, why was I able to uh, except where I was when I'm bonking mm. at mile 20, it's because I had spent the last 12 weeks chilling. 
and yeah. barely doing anything, right? Because, you know, yeah. Barkley was super tough for you me. You hadn't spent all your mental toughness coins, so to speak. Exactly. So yeah. I think it's even more than just like, you know, creating a low stress environment. It's about understanding that toughness is, as you say, coins. You have a finite amount yeah. of it and you recover it at an in at a variable rate, right? It's yeah. unclear when your toughness is coming back, right? If you're very burnt out, you may never, you may not have a lot of toughness coming for a while, you know? So it's just important to be like, you know, some days, uh, you know, the, the skyline's an interesting example, right? Like, uh, you run the skyline here in Boulder, you run it in, in the winter, you're going to get some days that it's like real rough out there. Yeah. And sometimes... I pushed through that. I've done an eight and a half hour skyline because of how snowy it was. Uh, normally it's like a five to six hour adventure. <laughs> so, you know, like sometimes it's like, let's go today. That's what today is about. It's about being tough. Yeah. And some days you run up that first peak and you're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good yeah. today. And I think that's totally okay because you save yep. those toughness credits for when you really want to use them. Yeah. You can't be tough all the time and you can't be not tough all the time so having some choice some some intentionality about when you're tough very important and so today you exemplified that by saying i need to get out there but i don't need to be tough (laughs) does that make sense yeah i really appreciate that perspective Uh, i think it's really valuable for our listeners that's good thank you and i'd love to hear your recap you have a recap for us right or a little update what, do I, what am I updating? UTMB update. Oh, yes, UTMB. I mean, yeah, let's talk about UTMB. Uh, if you guys remember, we had an episode of the pod where we talked about the UTMB wham saga whistler of, uh, disagreement uh, <laughs> drama. I think the episode title was UTMB drama, UTMB yeah. whistler drama. Yeah, and so now this has developed into a saga, and so I just want to give a small update to our listeners on where that has gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zach Miller and, and Killian Chornet. Um, Zach Miller got second at UTMB last year. He's, uh, he's a very good runner, TM. And uh, Killian Chornet is probably the greatest mountain runner alive. Uh, I don't know. You could argue Francois. You could argue, I mean, definitely, I don't know if you can argue Jim. Walmsley, Jim Walmsley, very good ultra runner, very good American ultra runner, of mm-hmm. course. But mountain runner, he had to learn a lot of mountain skills in order to win UTMB last year, but he did. So that's very good. This is an aside. We should yeah, not be talking all about all aside. All right. So Killian and Zach, uh, they worked with the PTRA, which is the Pro Trail Runners Association, which actually is very recent. I think it started like two years ago. Uh, and they had an e- internal email where they were talking about the UTMB Whistler stuff and how they were kind of angry about it for similar reasons to what we've discussed on our UTMB Whistler drama podcast. Uh, TLDR is local race gets shut down by corporate entity. Corporate entity bans with UTMB to start race on almost the same course. And everyone's kind of angry that local, local running organization Coast Mountain Trail Series uh, and Gary Robbins gets outed. Uh, and big corporate running series, UTMB, gets race. So this is, this is the general anger yeah. uh, to catch up people. And so what's happened recently is that UTMB met with uh, Killian and Zach and a couple other elite athletes that were unnamed. 
and they discuss their concerns. And UTMB released a statement, and you might think that that statement has said something, but it does not. It says nothing. The entire statement basically says, we listen to their concerns. That's about it. I, the entire statement, it's, a, it's the most corporate statement I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like, we met with Killian and Zach, and we listened. <laughs> you know, it, they talked about governance. They talked about rules. They talked about the disappointment about the event, you know, the event in Whistler, and then just generally the effect that UTMB has growing. They've grown from 20 events to 37 events in the last two years. It's a huge amount of growth. Um, and so that's the update on the saga. It's basically UTMB has heard our concerns. But mm-hmm. I think, and then there's a lot of talk online. I'm not going to recap all of it. There's, there's people out there saying that all this drama is bullshit, essentially, and that people should just, you know, accept UTMB because they're a corporate entity, so they're good. I don't know. There's people out there saying, boycott UTMB. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying either. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's hard because I, I love small companies, and I love people trying to create, uh, you know, something they have, like, authorship over. And when you get to this large organization, I mean, UTMB is so big now that their original founders, which are a family, right? It is still a group of friends and, and two partners who started that event 20 years ago. And I bet if you run UTMB, you can probably still feel their influence. But that influence and how it stretches to... I don't know, part of IARTA by UTMB or like any of the other 40 events by UTMB, it, it's unclear, you know? And for me, that kind of loss of authorship, that loss of like personal small business community uh, really takes the, I don't know, for me, the fun out of the event. Like I really like community events. That's yeah. one of my favorite reasons to run an event is to experience the community around it. And so, like, when I ran Tianaway, it was a great little community to yeah. run there. Or San Juan Solstice down in Lake City. Ugh, the community there. Or Jemez Mountain in, in Los Alamos. It was so cool to experience the Los Alamos com- community. So what I fear from the UTMB takeover is the loss of community. Uh, if, as they take over, as they purchase events, right? Yeah. Or in the Whistler case, sort of shadily get a a permit from a corporate entity that Mm -hmm. ousted uh, a beloved event. Yeah, that that may or may not be more interested in the big brand name. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We don't really know. Very clearly in the exact Whistler drama, the at-fault entity is Vail Blackcomb for poor communication to Coast Mountain Trail Series. And then exploiting that follow the way, that wham uh, fell through, exploiting that and bringing in UTMB, which is probably more money. Uh, I'm sure they got bigger guarantees from UTMB than they did from Wham, right? So I so I blame Vale. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how much you can blame UTMB for taking advantage of a situation that they probably probably had little to do shadily wise, right? It's just unfortunate. 
and yeah. uh, that a that a local trail series with community and a beloved race director. I mean, you have to remember that Gary Robbins famously was the man who was six seconds late to finishing Barkley, and was if you haven't seen the Barkley marathons where dreams go to die on YouTube by Ethan Newberry. Go watch it. It is the most heart-wrenching. I already spoiled the end for you. But uh, <laughs> it's the most heart-wrenching uh, running thing you'll see. I mean, uh, there's a lot of great heart-wrenching running things uh, coming out, actually. But it is one of them, you know? Yeah. It, is a, it is a man who is pushed to his limits to try and achieve his ultimate goal. And, and he fails. Spoilers. Yeah. He fails. Barely fails. He fails by sometimes, six seconds. Sometimes that's the hardest to stomach, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if someone fails by an hour, it's like, well, all right, well, okay, you didn't do it. But if they fail by six seconds, that is rough. Yeah, and so you just can't. So now Gary Robbins, so he has this place in the running world as being this person who, you know, very, very good runner, but, you know, famously failing so close to succeeding, right? Yeah. And then getting, you know, his trail series getting snubbed in this drama. I mean, that creates a lot of pull from the online community. So I guess this is all to say that if you want to boycott UTMB because of the drama, you can go ahead. I don't know if I'm too much in favor of that, Hmm. but... I just feel that generally UTMB races are going to edge away at the community that we have. And so I think it's even more important to specifically value community and go find a race that has great community. And if that's a UTMB race, okay, sure. I mean, great. But if, uh, so just go value community. That's what I would suggest to the people, you know, like, you don't have to not do UTMB because they're evil corporate, whatever, but just go value community, you know? So find a race that, that has a great community and go run it. That, that, that's my suggestion. I don't know. It's kind of, a, uh, well, there's a kind good... of a nothing update, right? Yeah. UTMB met with Killian and then yeah. said, then yeah. published a statement saying they met with Killian. Yeah. So. Uh, Conversations are good, but I think um, in a post you shared with me, um, Killian uh, and Zach, they Zach. ended it with, um, it was just a conversation. We just want to be clear. Conversations are good, but that's all it was. Right. There was no results. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no results from either side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Zach had a post where he said they had a conversation. Yeah. They're like, it's a start. And it's good to have a start. I mean, yeah. If it's going to become the largest entity in trail running, we should be able to communicate it with it as trail run. If if the best, loudest trail runners can't communicate with him, then they really don't represent our sport at all. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know, kind of like the Ironman thing, right? Where you have this entity that kind of operates independently of its actual entrance and, and runners and athletes. Uh and we just don't want that. We want we want to be integrated with the people who organize our events. Uh, at least that's what I would like. 
So a uh, little plug for uh, 2024 race goals. Find a local race and run it. Yeah. <laughs> and tell us about it. Tell us about it. We want to hear. Yeah. Good luck to everyone yeah. racing soon. And um, it's January, so most people out there, I think, are grinding away on the, tra- on the training. Yep. Setting their goals. Or they're taking a mental toughness break, <laughs> which is excellent, too. Yep. Yep. And to all y'all, we say good luck and have fun. And we're going to be back soon with some, some good podcast content. Yep. Looking forward to being in touch. Bye.